Welcome to the KSL Popcorn Report. My name is Jacob Klopfenstein. I'm the entertainment editor here at KSL.com. With me, as always, in the studio is my co-host, Yvette Cruz. Yvette, welcome. Thank you. And this week, we also have our special guest, Sean Walker, who's one of our sports writers here at KSL.com. Sean, welcome to the Popcorn Report. Guys, thanks so much for having me in here because a little peek behind the curtain here. I'm not in this office very much, and I spend <laughs> far too much of my time watching mostly high school and college age uh, children, we'll call them children, even though some of them are like 20 years old, but mostly <laughs> children, uh, Gen Zers, if you will. Um, and they all they do is just play with balls, and then I write about it. And so <laughs> I'm really excited to not do that for a couple of hours. So thanks for having me. Hey, we're glad that you're able to join us for this episode of the podcast. Of course, we're talking Star Wars again. If you've been following along with our, our previous episodes of the podcast, you know that Yvette, uh, pre prior to these last few episodes, had never seen any of the Star Wars movies, and some how I convinced her to watch all of them for the first time for the sake of podcast content. Um, so she's watching them for the first time. I'm rewatching most of them again. Um, and uh, so we brought we brought Sean in to to help us talk about the most recent two installments of the Star Wars franchise. That, of course, is The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Uh, so that's what we're going to be discussing on this episode of the podcast. And before we start out, of course, uh, I just want to say this right off the top. We are going to get into spoilers for both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, so if you're worried about get spoilers for either of those two movies, you might just want to skip ahead uh, or, or just skip this episode of the podcast. Um, also, if you're worried about spoilers from Star Wars... Uh, episode seven, The Force Awakens. Where have you been since 2015? <laughs> yeah, I would just like to add. I would just like to add that we know that most 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 people out there have seen these movies, but just in case, I want to throw people. that disclaimer in there. Yeah. So the the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Obviously, these are the the two um, most recent episodes episodes of the of the saga. Disney kind of took over after they they bought Lucasfilm, which is the the company that you know uh, produced the the original Star Wars movies, and and Disney acquired. Lucasfilm. Um, and uh, so these are the first two that kind of Disney is at the helm. Yeah, so let's start with The Force Awakens. Um, Yvette, what did you think about episode seven? Okay, I loved it. Oh, okay. I was hooked from the beginning. I know that, but like, okay, I've been kind of, if you've been listening to these other episodes, you know that I've been kind of lukewarm on uh, Star Wars. I know that um, I, like, I, I thought they were cool movies, sure, but I just know that, so, like, they were, I, I thought they were overhyped because people were like, how dare you not watch a single one and how, you know, yeah. I, I got scolded a lot about them, and then I watched them, and I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, they're cool. All right, but, like, wow, calm down. Um, but then The Force Awakens, I was hooked right away. Like, okay. I I am already intrigued and I've been watching a lot of Star Wars movies yeah. you know I've been I, yeah in yeah. a short amount of time too so I was like I don't know I guess I'll just watch them I already said I would and then right away <laughs> I'm hooked I'm like where's Luke what where could he be and then like not just that but like I, the imagery was great and like it is in the other movies but then you know you've got this conflict right away where you've got you know the other movies have been like you know someone is good and then they are you know attracted to the dark side but then in this case we've got someone who's on the dark side and then is attracted to good and I'm talking about the beginning of the movie where you've got the stormtrooper who's kind of like I don't know if I really okay. want to do this yeah. like I'm hooked right away there because I'm like who is the stormtrooper and yeah. what's his story like I mm -hmm. want to know all this stuff 
And so I was just, I loved it. I lo- like, I found myself just really enjoying it. I was hooked, like, with the other movies, yes, I liked them, uh, yeah, most of them, some of them. And then there were, <laughs> but there were parts that I was just kind of bored in, and I was not bored in The Force Awakens. I loved it. Um, I thought there was just a lot of good, a lot of good nostalgia. That's another thing I wasn't expecting. So, I, I mean, I, I didn't consider myself a Star Wars fan, but I guess I turned into one when all of a sudden I saw these characters from the original trilogy all of a sudden pop up in this movie. I don't know how many years later. I was just kind of like, I didn't expect to be as happy as I was when I saw um, Han Solo and uh, Leia and um, 3PO. I, like, I was yeah. like, actually really happy. And I was like, wow, okay, I guess I am into this right now. Um, I was sad that not all of the characters make it past that movie. And so, and I was actually like a little like, oh no, did that just happen? Like, I was very, very hooked. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I loved it. How about you? I, you know, when I first saw this one, I remember really, really enjoying it. It is pretty similar plot wise to A New Hope, the very, very first Star Wars movie yeah. with like, obviously there's this big super weapon and they it, that destroys planets and they got to destroy it. You know, I, I, I still felt that way. I watched it just a couple of days ago and I still felt like, OK, this one kind of feels like just redundant, kind of a rehash. You know, it, the characters are really interesting. I especially really enjoy Kylo Ren mm-hmm. as a villain. Adam Driver, I think, is a brilliant actor. I just saw him in, in Marriage Story, yeah. and he was great in that. And I, I think he's just really good in everything he's in. And he, the, the like, kind of depth and interesting character arc and elements that he brings to Kylo Ren, there's this sense that he's super evil but also he's kind of conflicted about things Mm -hmm. and like from much of this movie there's a lot of uh, times where you're like questioning what his background is or what like made him to be this way you the uh, as an audience member you're you're kind of questioning those things but then you see him himself Kylo Ren himself questioning those things about himself as well and I always thought that was kind of interesting I I think he's a really great villain because he just like in 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 the other films you have Darth Vader who represents like pure evil but he's just kind of this like there's not a lot of like depth until you get to like the end when it explores his relationship with with Luke obviously prior to that he's just this like purely evil menacing force and it's like he's evil and he's scary but there's not a lot of like depth emotion character background to his character with Kylo Ren you get all those things and I think I I think he's one of my favorite villains in the entire saga just because he's he's that much more interesting obviously I mentioned Adam Driver does a great job in the, in the performance and yeah so there's that I you know and I think um you mentioned Finn who's the the stormtrooper who you see there at the very beginning mm-hmm. it's it's I think that's the opening scene is great where it shows him he's he's instructed to you know murder all these villagers and then he's like wait that's not good and then so that's kind of something you'd never seen before in a in a Star Wars movie, a stormtrooper be humanized. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. And then obviously Ray with Daisy Ridley, um, she's, uh, I think, a very talented actress as well. And she brings a really uh, interesting and um, kind of like enigmatic performance because you don't know a whole lot about her character background as well. Oscar Isaac is kind of the the 
the fourth lead, I guess, among those four that I mentioned. I, I've always felt like he's kind of underused in these movies. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do with the rise with the rise of Skywalker with his character. There's not a lot of background given to his character, and he's kind of used for like cheap jokes, which I don't think works a whole lot. But uh, anyway, so th- those are my kind of initial thoughts. Sean, when, when was the last time you watched this one? So I actually just barely rewatched this last night. Okay. Um. So I feel relatively caught up on this one. I I kind of agree with most of the assessments i mean this is this is one of my three or four favorite star wars films which is almost sacrilege as somebody who i i grew up on the original trilogy i like i remember seeing return of the jedi in theaters i was really little i was like five years old but i do remember seeing return of the jedi in in theaters and then i grew up on the entire saga owned all the action figures like like my friends and i would get together for our friday and saturday play dates when we were like nine and ten years old (laughs) and we would like reenact scenes um so yeah so i grew up with the entire franchise i i didn't think when I, I remember when I first saw Force Awakens, I didn't think that I would like this film. Yeah. Because it felt too rebooty. It felt right. like yeah. it felt like you're taking a saga that has become iconic, not only in the film space, but just in popular culture in general. And you're remaking it to a point where you're just going to anger fans of the original or even semi-fans of the original, which is, let's face it, basically everybody. Because we've all, even if you haven't seen Star Wars, you've seen the action figures, you've seen the spoofs, you've seen the skits, you've seen the parodies, you've seen the memes that it's inspired on social media at this point. Like, like everybody has experience with Star Wars, whether they've seen the original trilogy or not. And so I, at first, didn't like this idea of rebooting in, in some way, which I felt kind of like Episode Seven was. Yeah. Um, then I realized... And I think it was about halfway through the film, my first time watching it when I was in when I was in the theater, I realized that this episode seven wasn't made for me. It was a way to tell episode four, Star Wars, A New Hope, but to a new generation and a new audience. Okay. And when you view it through that prism, I think it helps a little bit more because now you're also able to see you're able to see what what Disney's done to change up or add a little bit more flavor to the franchise. Um, I agree with you, Jacob. I I think Daisy Ridley's an amazing actress in general, but to see a Star Wars film that features a strong female protagonist. Yeah is not something that I was immediately used to. I yeah. mean, Carrie Fisher was awesome, and, like, Princess Leia is great in this icon right. and everything. Right. But in the original trilogy, I don't think she was, like, that strong female lead that she you necessarily... She takes the backseat to yeah, Luke's yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she sure. was much more secondary mm-hmm. um, in, in that original Skywalker saga, and she obviously had her place, and by Return of the Jedi, you know, she even had some heroic moments and everything. But seeing that strong female lead in the form of Rey really got me thinking that, like, okay, this is the reboot that we need this is the star wars film for our time okay um it's the one for kids and preteens and adolescents like i was 20 years ago i'm revealing my age a little bit (laughs) but for today's day and age and so that's why you see the strong female lead that's why you see um potential relationships question mark between um people of color between white people and people of color for example that's why you see kind of these these different, like just so many different, like values of, of inclusion and 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 that sort of thing. I mean, I I I think that's why I, this this movie really really got to me is because I I finally started to realize that like this isn't my film. This is somebody else's Star Wars film. This is another generation Star Wars film, and that's okay. I think that's okay. That's that's like, an interesting way to look at it. We've we've talked a little bit about before how there's there is kind of this generational aspect to the three main trilogies of Star Wars. 
Wars. I sort of w- rec- resonated more with the prequel trilogy because it came out when I was a kid. I was like, you know, a, an adolescent when the prequel trilogy came out. So I kind of resonated more with those. I remember those from my childhood growing up. You poor, poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> poor thing. Yeah. But yeah, to Sean, to your point, there's, you know, there is this kind of like, there's a lot of kids growing up now who, who love these movies and, and they, they're this, this generation is kind of getting their own, you know, childhood Star Wars memories, I guess. So that's an interesting way to look at it. The production value of these, the, the, the new movies especially is really stands out to me. Like yeah. the Force Awakens, like it's just, it's a really beautiful film. Like right. there's a lot of really cool technical aspects of, you know, just, just beautiful shots. I, I love the, the the, the final sequence where the, there's the aspect of the way the this weapon is powered is it's leeching off the sun, the star that's nearby so like throughout that whole sequence it just like gets darker and darker and darker and I I think that's just like a really cool concept and it, it leads to a lot of like dynamic cinematography and, and just a lot of really cool shots and just really cool looking sequences and in, in that especially that final act but like at the beginning as well on um, yeah the desert yeah. planet where there's the the wrecked starship star destroyer like that's just it just looks really cool and it's kind of uh, well known that J.J. Abrams who directed Force Awakens and is directing the 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 upcoming one The Rise of Skywalker he kind of recommitted to using a lot of like practical effects and models in opposition to the prequel tw- trilogy which used basically ninety percent CGI and green screens and all that well and I think I think that's kind of key right there because yeah. Because Abrams was able to sort of take the Star Wars world, he modernized it and he refreshed it with a lot of those visual elements, but he didn't change what it is, how things look. You know, when you see us, when you see the stormtroopers in the opening scene, for example, it still looks like a stormtrooper. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. some sort of weird, crazy reimagining like some of the pre-stormtroopers technically of the prequel trilogy. It, you know, it's what we remembered. It speaks to us a little bit more that way, I think. Yvette, what's your take on Rey as kind of a, a ma- the main character? Of I this loved movie? her. I loved her. I was really intrigued by her story. I wanted to know like where she fit, and I guess I was trying to figure out too, like is she somehow like are we gonna find out that she's someone related? Like I, you know, I was like because you know yeah. kind of how Star Wars movies worked in the past, and so I was really curious about that. But I just loved her story independently. I loved how strong she was, and and I, I wanted to know more about her, and then even just like her connection to Jakku. Jakku is that how you say it? Um, like that, yeah, yeah, like just her connection of like and just like her. I love the whole like you you know when, when people talked about the force or like Luke Skywalker and her like eyes lit up like wait this is real like I just loved her her every time she was on screen I was just really excited to see more about her and yes like Sean said I really like the fact that you know it's it is sort of mirroring new hope but now we've got a woman now we've got like a very strong um woman character who is just there's just so much potential and so I was really excited to see that I'm excited to see more of her growth um I liked seeing her growth throughout the film and just I was, my big thing is that I was just really intrigued by her I was hooked with her story I was hooked with the entire thing and I loved um her and all the fight scenes like I remember thinking like I remember like you know a lot of the Star Wars movies have the same elements and so at one point I was like hey there hasn't been like a huge lightsaber fight yet in the film and then the second I thought that is when uh there was a lightsaber fight between Kylo Ren and Finn and then I'm like okay cool scene and then now it's the fight between her and Kylo Ren and so I thought okay great now she's in one of the epic lightsaber fight scenes which I don't think it happened before it's always been a man versus a man so I thought that was cool that they threw her in that so I kind of want to say that it's my favorite one of all of them. Oh, wow. Okay. I was just the whole time I was hooked. And at the end, I was like, I love this one. I love it. I think it's my favorite. (laughs) But 
I will, I do recognize that a lot of the things that I liked about it or that I loved about it, I should say, were like would not have been possible without the original trilogy. I mean, I, I liked it. Sure, it was fine. I wasn't like super crazy about it like I am about this one, but I thought, okay, well, you know, credit, I have to give credit where credit is due. And the fact that I love this one so much is because of all the nostalgia from the first, and I guess like, you know, nostalgia because I watched them like, you know, a few weeks ago. But yeah. like, even then, like, I just, I loved, I loved so many, so many aspects of it. And I think I couldn't have loved it as much. Like, I think I would have liked it as if I had only seen that one and for the first time. But I think a lot of the things that I liked about it were related to New Hope and just like the original trilogy. And so I, I had to recognize that. Maybe it's just because I've watched, you know, six Star Wars movies prior to this within the last few weeks. Um, I, you know, I just I kind of found it a little bit hard for me to pay attention and to like be engaged and care about. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of lukewarm about about this movie, but I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. I did. <laughs> that's, that's definitely, I think, one of the big downsides to A Force Awakens is the overall length of the film but i did feel like this one had like three or four different endings and as we talk about three or four different endings maybe we yeah. can then move to last jedi because boy is that a can of worms yeah <laughs> um, but i felt like there were like three or four different moments where i'm like okay cool that was a great epic final <laughs> battle awesome now let's just climax and then come down a little bit and, yeah. and that'll be it right oh no it turns out there's another mission and they're going on and that's the now. thing about watching it you probably you watched it in theaters i watched it at home and so every time i was like wait is that I would check the time and I'm like, oh, okay, we still got 30 minutes left. All right, that's cool. I like this. But yeah, I mean, if you watch it in theaters, you have no idea. And you're just kind well, of sitting through. Well, let's move on to the the, for, or the the Last Jedi then. This movie was actually in in the news today, or it was trending on Twitter anyway, because um, apparently J.J. Abrams did an interview with Vanity Fair where it kind of seems like he was criticizing The Last Jedi a little bit and some of the like liberties it takes with the story that he set up in The Force Awakens. This is in Vanity Fair. He said, it's a bit of a meta approach to the story. I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told this doesn't matter. It kind of seems like he's like maybe backtracking or trying to backtrack. This movie remains like wildly divisive among Star Wars fans. When I saw it, I really liked it. And I unfortunately did not get the chance to rewatch it again here recently, but I know I've watched it at least twice. I like The Last Jedi. Um, I don't think it's the best Star Wars movie, but I definitely don't think it's the worst. There's a lot of people out there who think it's the worst. That, they think that one's worse than A Phantom Menace? A lot of people really hate The Last Jedi. Really? Because it's just, like, it's it's really, really different from any of the other Star Wars movies, really. Um, I can see that. And, I mean, right down to visual effects, like, this this one actually does look different. Uh, like, just the way they filmed it. I don't know if it's just, like, like there have been so many updates to aspect ratios and that kind of thing. But, like, it just looks different. Like, the dark are a little bit darker the yeah. lights are a little bit lighter it's almost like it's it's almost like it's filmed completely differently and i i think that kind of starts it out from like okay this is something totally brand new to the star wars universe yeah i, no? I totally agree that it looks different I, what's your take on that do you think it looks different in a good way or did you not like the look of this movie no i mean i i think it's fine to be a little bit different uh -huh. because i mentioned force awakens being like a reimagining of a new hope and kind of trying to like brighten up the star wars universe and then bring it to a new generation and i feel like a lot of the criticism the last jedi is getting is similar to what some people but what some people didn't like about empire the empire strikes back where 
they're criticizing The Last Jedi without realizing that there is a crucial point in this overall story and the thematic that is missing simply because we haven't been able to see The Rise of Skywalker. When you can view Empire through the prism of, oh yeah, and then Return of the Jedi happens and it kind of finishes off that little bit of the saga, then Empire becomes, IMHO, in my humble opinion, the best Star Wars film of all time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really, really hard for me to look back and kind of look at Empire without that prism. And I feel the same way about The Last Jedi. Like there's there are a lot of questions that I have about this. Like I feel like I feel like there were things that were that kind of broke the mold of what I thought Star Wars was, you know, like like who is who is this, I, I can't even call him a villain anymore, this anti-hero um, in Kylo Ren, and, and and what is up with him? Like, why is he so flip-floppy? Why is he so wishy-washy? You know, that, that, that's just one of a couple of examples. But there are just several moments where I go, okay, this is a shock to my Star Wars fan system. I don't know what's going on. What is canon? What isn't? And, and that's another thing, because I also read the books when I was younger. Yeah. And I realized a lot of that literature is not canon, <laughs> so I probably just need to disavow some of it. But my hope is this Christmas... When I when I've now been able to put the rise of Skywalker into the context with the last Jedi, that a lot of those holes are filled in. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm hoping too much out of the Disney Wars franchise. But well, I guess we'll have to wait until next week when we see Rise of Skywalker. I can't believe it's next week already. Jeez. But uh, I guess we'll see. We'll have to wait and see if that is true. Um, There is one scene that makes The Last Jedi 100% redeemable. Um, And it's one of the best things I've ever seen in the Star Wars franchise. Is it the throne room? It's the Praetorian Guard duel scene, yeah. Oh my gosh, that scene is so good. And I was going to mention, I think this movie is absolutely gorgeous. And I, I love the look of this film. I think it's like the most beautiful Star Wars film by leaps and bounds. You have that great ending sequence on the, the mining planet where like the, the bright red yes. mining dust is covered by the, the like white dust and it keeps coming up. And I, I, I love the look to of that sequence. The, Cause I was watching it on my iPad. I just wanted yeah. to screenshot that those scenes in that, that throne room sequence where uh, Ray and Kylo kill Snoke and then spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Once again, spoilers. <laughs> Alert. But it's been um, like what two years? I don't think. Yeah, they count and then they, they they kill all the guards. Like that sequence is uh, amazing. Yeah. It's such a good and cool looking scene. The the movie definitely looks different um, than the the rest of the entire saga. It's it's a movie that is like it stands out as kind of very different among the rest of the Star Wars movies, I think. Whereas with the prequel trilogy, we talked about this on previous episodes, they had this story that they had to get to a certain point into, and they had to write towards that. So they kind of shoehorn themselves in with the plot. Right. With this new trilogy, they don't have that. It's a completely open-ended story, right? Nobody knows where it's going. In my opinion, they didn't really use that to their advantage in The Force Awakens because it's kind of a rehash of the plot of A New Hope. But with The Last Jedi, like, it's totally different. There's no plot similarities to any of the other movies at all here. I tend to see, I can see both sides. I see why people don't like it because it's more, it's a lot more character focused than the other movies. Like, not a lot of really consequential plot elements happen in it and it focuses on the actions of the characters and basically all the characters in the movie fail 
by the end of this movie. And that was something I really thought was interesting about it. You know, I, I, I guess you could say that in Empire Strikes Back, all the characters fail in that one, too, because they're all in a really bad place at the end of that movie. And with The Last Jedi as well here, Nobody's they suck in carbonite, though. That's true. I'm just saying <laughs> nobody, nobody is sitting in Jabba's basement. <laughs> and so, you know, you I can see where they were going for with these character arcs that, you know, kind of have everybody in a dark place. And like, how are they going to redeem themselves in the next one sort of thing? But at the same time, like I find that it sometimes goes and focuses on like ulterior characters besides the main ones that we care about with, you know, Kylo, Ray, Finn and What's Oscar Isaac's character's name? Poe. Poe. Yeah, Poe yeah. And it goes and focuses on somebody like um, the the Rose character. It's like she's not uh, a, she's not a bad character, but like, does she have a whole lot to do with the plot in the end? I don't know. It focuses on like Luke in this movie, and it's like, okay, maybe I want to hear more about like the new characters that I've already been interested in from the previous the previous installment in The Force Awakens. So you know, I see why people kind of felt like here's this two and a half hour movie that I don't really feel like matters a whole lot to the rest of the 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 plot of this this trilogy but on the other hand like i i think it's like an enjoyable watch i wish it kind of like maybe took some more risks with regards to like where it puts the characters and you know maybe it will fit into the the overarching plot of this new trilogy and and fit in more once we see the rise of skywalker yvette what's your kind of overall opinion of the last jedi i liked the second half a lot more than the first half like okay. i like i said with the force awakens i was very intrigued and i was hooked the entire time with this this one, it took me a little bit more. I mean, I was, you know, I was trying to pick up on certain things that were happening and I was, you know, trying to give it a little more of a chance because I really liked the one before that. Um, but yeah, there were just part, parts where I was like, this isn't really necessary. Like, I, I don't understand why this is here. And I also did find myself checking the time. Uh, but the end, like the, the last half, when you have the, I don't even know where it starts, but when you have the scene with uh, Ray and Kylo, like I, I, yeah, I loved that scene. I love, Sean, you mentioned like before we started recording, you mentioned a lot about balance and I can, I really see that. Like, you know, within that scene, you've got like good and evil or yeah good and yeah good for good good force and bad force or whatever and then yeah, the light side and the dark side right the, the Jedi and then you've and the got Sith. them fighting together and like that's just amazing and then even just like scenes with like luke and leia like it's i'm starting to see a lot like a lot of just balance in the film like a lot of things that it's like one thing and then it's the other but yeah the first half i don't even like i can't even remember what was and i just watched it like two days ago i can't even remember a lot of the plot points i know there was a lot of rick ray and luke and then them talking about and him talking about the force i liked a little bit more of the force explanation but even then even when you've got the connection between ray and um kylo and they're doing their like the force is like bringing them together it's bringing like the the light side and the dark side together and like i can see the whole like the look of it being a little bit different it was a little bit darker um that didn't really I noticed it but it didn't really affect me like liking it or not liking it one way or the other because I'm because I've only just watched them all like recently so I don't know if I'm as invested um to really like care about that side but um yeah the second half of the movie was a lot better the the final scenes I was very very hooked at that part like I also did think that Finn I was just like are they, are they gonna kill him now and I I kind of I didn't want it to happen but then I kind of if it would have happened I would have understood especially coming from the last movie how he started out on the dark side um and then for him to like 
sacrifice himself for the good side. You know, I thought that would have been really nice, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't do that because I really do like him as a character. Um, the final scenes with Luke, I was that was a big plot twist for me. Um, several times I found myself with like several characters just like, wait, are they really, really, are they gone? Are they really gone? Are they, and, you know, and I kind of kept waiting. But yeah, like I, I, um, I think the last part, I think once you're down to the last, what, 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes, I think that's when I was most hooked um, just because this is like the climactic part of the film i didn't know people were as divided on it. i don't think i'm as divided like i was like okay cool yeah it was fine yeah that's my reaction too i i don't really understand the vitriol against this film i guess one thing i did want to mention that i think is a really cool theme that comes into play uh especially in the last jedi but a little bit in the force awakens too is that pretty much anybody can like be affected by the force which i think is kind of a cool aspect like uh, of course in the last jedi the very final shot of this movie you see that this kid like used the force to grab a broom or something and like and even in force awakens it's not just like the jedi people who can use things like finn picks up a lightsaber like he doesn't really have any knowledge of the force right but he mm-hmm. can still like use the thing so i think that's kind of an interesting theme that i i hope they explore more in the next movie and that and that's one of the things that took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around was was just that this concept of not just force users because we've grown up with force users the jedi council the sith lords etc but now there's this kind of subsection of force sensitive individuals yeah, yeah. who they're mm-hmm. not quite they're not quite adept at managing and manipulating and using the force, but they are still sensitive to it. They can still kind of recognize it and use it to an extent, yeah. although not not the same extent of like a, an Obi-Wan Kenobi or Qui-Gon Jinn or, uh, or that sort of thing. So that was kind of one of those things that it took me a minute to kind of wrap my head around. But then when I started to, I realized, oh, wait, no, that makes sense because if the force really is kind of the lifeblood of life if it really is all around us like in theory we should all and i I say we like the royal (laughs) yeah obviously like in the universe like everybody should be able to recognize it to a certain extent right yeah yeah i think that's a a cool uh theme that shows up in these movies that i I do hope they explore in the next one that being said rise of skywalker of course comes out next week what are you guys expecting yeah what are you hoping for what are you expecting for this new movie i'm excited now i i I like what sean said about how you know uh you've got to they're all there it's a set of three so you know whatever you whatever qualms you have with like this uh last one with last jedi maybe will be answered or we'll just kind of come together with the third part so i'm looking forward to that i'm curious about where these people's stories will go um this is the final skywalker movie right this is the final one in the trilogy but that doesn't mean that the other characters all won't get movies this the is way the that end of the yeah. skywalker saga okay yeah yeah okay well i guess at this point um yeah but i'm excited for it i am looking forward to it i think it's gonna be visually stunning just because the last couple ones have been i mean they all are really good but um yeah i am looking forward to it sean what yeah. are you expecting yeah no same here i mean i i feel like this is i mean the again i'm i'm comparing this to the original trilogy but i feel like this is our jedi this is return of the jedi for us where we're waiting to see how the how a lot of kind of these loose ends wrap up and it's not it's it's not necessarily the oh crap darth really is luke's father darth vader really is luke's father spoiler alert uh (laughs) but 
but there are still kind of similar questions that we all have that we're like, okay, like, are they going to get answered? Are, are, is this film going to tie up all those loose ends or is it not? Maybe we're now in a society or in an overall kind of filmmaking thread where we don't necessarily need every single question answered. Maybe we can kind of let some stuff spin off into whether it's original series streaming now only on Disney plus, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe we don't need to tie up all of those loose ends. And so which I ones would are like they going most to... of them tied up? Yeah. <laughs> but that's just, but, I mean, me. which ones are they going to pick to tie? Which ones are not? I, I also think that there is, there is a rebalancing that kind of needs to take place because the force is, and I'm borrowing liberally from uh, Freddie Prince Jr. recently <laughs> on an epic, epic rant that if you guys haven't listened to it again, you need to go look it up um, because it's amazing. But he brings up this, this idea, Freddie Prince Jr. was in Star Wars Rebels for those not aware. And he brings up this idea that he inherited essentially from George Lucas himself, that the force is all about balance and trying to preserve the balance between good and evil. And that's why, like, that's why Anakin Skywalker was created in the first place. And then when Anakin was turned, he had to rebalance the force again. And that's why these two twins were born to try to rebalance that. And now you're seeing kind of this almost like a teeter tottering back and forth within individual movies like Force Awakens, uh, like Last Jedi and hopefully like the rise of Skywalker, where you're seeing this kind of back and forth teeter totter that the force is playing with our emotions. Hopefully it all levels out in the end, but maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe not. That, of course, uh, The Rise of Skywalker comes out next week, Friday, December 20th. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to uh, do a bonus podcast episode, possibly with one of our uh, movie critics, David Clyde or John Clyde, uh, about the movie. But uh, if not, you will be able to read reviews on KSL.com for The Rise of Skywalker. Um, also opening this week, uh, we have Jumanji, The Next Level. That's the sequel to uh, the new Jumanji re reboot series that stars uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jack Inter Black and some others. time, I'm low-key very excited for... Yeah, the first one did really well. I, I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm sure this one will probably do really well as well. Um, also opening uh, Richard Jewell. This is the new Clint Eastwood movie about the uh, Atlanta Olympics bombings. And then we have Black Christmas that I believe is a Christmas-themed horror movie. And then also opening just here in the Salt Lake City area, this is also going to be on Netflix, uh, is The Two Popes. This is a, a movie about uh, Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. Uh, that's opening here in Salt Lake here locally and then on Netflix as well. Okay, so as moving on, as I mentioned earlier, I surprised these guys with a, a special uh, surprise segment. It's uh, the Sundance Film Festival theme. Um, we're going to play a little game here. Of course, the Sundance Film Festival happens every year in Park City and uh, around Salt Lake as well. Uh, this year, it's happening January 23rd to February 2nd. Um, we'll have some coverage in the, uh, the, the month or so leading up to it and then during the festival as well on KSL.com, so be sure to check that out. Last week, they announced the slate of feature films that they're going to be uh, featuring during the festival. There is 118 feature length films. I think they submitted like three, almost 4,000. So obviously they did a lot of work selecting those films. Um, those were those were announced last week. They announced some more this week. So what I thought we'd do is play a little game of real or fake. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read you the title and plot synopsis of a film. Some of them are real ones that are going to be featured oh boy. during Sundance, but some of them are ones that I've made up. 
And <laughs> you made up the plot and the name yeah. or oh yeah. both. Okay. So okay. all so you have to do it's very simple. All you have to do is tell me if it's real or fake. So film or Jacobian? <laughs> yes, real 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 Sundance film or fake one that or Jacob made up. Straight out of Jacob's mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have ten ten of them here. Let's just let's just jump right into them. Okay, the first one is called Nine Days. Uh, the plot synopsis is in a house distant from the reality we know, a reclusive man interviews prospective candidates, personifications of human souls, for the privilege that he once had to be born. I'm just gonna go with real. Okay. Off the bat. That sounds very Jacobian. <laughs> so you're going that with sounds, that sounds fake. That is real. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is one actually that uh, one of two that was f filmed partially in Utah. Um, I believe part of it was filmed on the Salt Flats. Actually, um, it stars Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Benedict Wong, Bill Skarsgård, Tony Hale. Uh, so yeah, interesting cast there. That's going to screen in the U.S. Dramatic Competition portion of Sundance. Okay, so I got to keep keep a tally here. Sean's at zero. <laughs> that is at one. Just a number probably won't go up. Okay, second one. I'd like to congratulate Yvette on her win. <laughs> hey, mine might not coming. either. <laughs> There's no prize here. It's just bragging rights, I guess. Okay, second film, The 40-Year-Old Version, not Virgin. <laughs> the 40-Year-Old Version. Plot synopsis is a down-on-her-luck New York playwright decides to reinvent herself and salvage her artistic voice the only way she knows how by becoming a rapper at age 40. Is that real or fake? <laughs> not oh. a chance. Not a chance. Um, no. I'm going to go with real. It is real. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, it's also going to screen in the U.S. Dramatic Competition uh, directed by Radha Blank. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a real movie. I really hope I don't hear about that one in Oscar season. <laughs> okay, so Yvette's now got, she's you're two for two over there. Sean, got to get on the board. <laughs> okay, next one. The next one's called The Black Case. Sandy's publisher is demanding a manuscript for the next romance novel she has promised, but she's been struggling with writer's block ever since her husband left, so she retreats to a cottage in Maine in search of inspiration. When a mysterious black case inexplicably shows up in the house, Sandy wonders if someone secretly snuck in and put it there, or if something more supernatural is afoot. <laughs> is that real or fake? <laughs> I'm going to go with fake, but I would probably watch it if it were real. Okay. Sean? <laughs> oh, thrilling, riveting radio. I'll go with, I'm going with fake. It is fake. Be real. Yes! It is fake. I made that up. But, hey, I'm glad to hear yeah, you would, I would watch, you would it, watch yeah. my fake movie if, <laughs> if it existed. Next one is called High Tide. Laura is spending a few days at her beach house to supervise the construction of a barbecue shed. One afternoon, she seduces the chief builder who never returns. Over the following days, the builder's continually invade her home until Laura grows ferocious. That's fake. It also sounds very familiar, like another movie. <laughs> sounds like a great Nicholas Sparks novel, but a fake movie. It is real. What? Oh, it is real. That it's an sounds a lot Argentinian like... film. What? Okay, next one is called The Way He Remembered. Gerald has just earned a high school diploma at the ripe young age of 77. His seven-year-old neighbor who inspired him to get the diploma is now urging him to hitchhike across the country. Gerald embarks on the seemingly crazy journey, one that will lead him to unexpectedly reconnect with an important figure from his past. I'm going to go with real. I'm going to go I would with, watch that. I'm going to go with 
fake, but I would watch it too. I would totally watch that and probably cry way too way oh, yeah. more than I, I should admit on this up, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with fake. Yeah, it is fake. Yes. <sighs> okay. Yeah, we would watch it. See, you should write these. Movies, yeah, Jacob. I know. Maybe I sh- maybe I should like reconsider my career or something. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay, next one. Purple bunnies. The only thing that keeps Khalil from crumbling is the visions. He sees vibrant colors, abstract shapes, and enigmatic characters. Most important are the two giant purple bunnies he sees every day when he walks to work. They show him something he will never forget. I'm going to go with fake. Yeah, I'm going to go with fake. I'm going to piggyback on her because she's doing way better than me. It's fake. fake. It's fake. (sighs) Couldn't stump you on that one. Okay, so that that should probably not be one of your screenplays (laughs) that you write. Oh, come on. He's he's really just testing us out. Yeah. He's testing out his ideas. That's a, this isn't. This is actually Jacob's secret cool document folder. Yeah, secret film ideas. Um, okay, so Yvette's at six, Sean's at two. Okay, next one we have is Black Bear. At a remote lake house, a filmmaker plays a calculated game of desire and jealousy in the pursuit of a work of art that blurs the boundaries between autobiography and invention. Oh, that's tough. Um, I'll go with fake. I'm gonna go with real. It's real. Oh. It's uh, it stars Aubrey Plaza actually mm. from Parks and Rec. I still have more though. So <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> I have I have four more here. Okay, next one is called Diebold, Wisconsin. Everyone in Diebold, Wisconsin knows the secret. Ten-year-old Billy doesn't understand why it's shrouded in mystery. When a new girl from a mysterious background shows up at his school, Billy must make a choice between the traditions of his hometown and the perceived righteousness of the outside world he's just beginning to discover. I'm going to go with real. This totally sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan film, <laughs> which is why last I checked, he's not coming to Sundance, so it's fake. It is fake. Yes. I made it up. <laughs> Staying alive. (laughs) Staying alive. (laughs) Next one is called The Killing of Two Lovers. David desperately tries to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. What was the name of that one? It's called The Killing of Two Lovers. Mm, I'm going to go with fake. That seems likely. I'm going to go real. It's real. Yes. This is another one that actually was the filmed in. <laughs> it was filmed in Utah. Um, oh. Actually, the the guy who made this movie is his name's Robert Machoyan. He's a professor at BYU, a professor of photography. And uh, yeah, I talked to him actually the, just a few days ago about this movie. And hopefully, uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, you'll you will be able to read a story about this movie on KSL.com. Um, but he filmed it in the small town of Kenosha, Utah. Kenosha, Kenosha. I'm not sure how to say that. Kenosha. It's down in central Utah, down south. It's a really small town, just um, north of Co Fort. Yeah, yeah, down in central Utah. Apparently, it's gonna if it's gonna be a kind of an exploration of uh, what you do if you're kind of separated from your marriage but you're in a small town where there's everybody knows each other and not a whole lot of escape. So yeah, it was a really interesting conversation and uh, yeah, hoping to have a a story up on KSL.com. Hopefully by the time uh, podcast listeners are hearing this episode, that's killing of two lovers. Okay. Next one is called the truffle hunters in the secret forests of Northern Italy, a dwindling group of joyful old men and their faithful dogs search for the world's most expensive ingredient, the white Alba truffle. Their stories form a real-life fairy tale that celebrates human passion in a fragile land that seems forgotten in time. I'm going to go with real. That sounds like documentary-ish. 
maybe a fake documentary. So you're I don't buy fake? it. I don't buy it. It's real. Ugh. Is it a documentary? Uh, no, no, I think it's a it's a fictional hmm. fictional work. So that's Truffle Hunters. Unfortunately, this is the last one. So Sean, you are unfortunately not going to be able to make up the ground, but I'm going to read the last one anyway. I bow to you, madam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one is called The Racetrack. A solitary hunter trudges through a barren post-apocalyptic landscape known only as The Racetrack. A strange fog periodically washes through the land, making all who come across it forget certain details about their past. When the hunter meets a wise foreigner unaffected by the magic, he may discover the secret that will rid the fog from The Racetrack forever. I would totally see that, so that's why I'm going to say it's fake. I, I would watch it, too. I, I'm going to go with real, though. It's fake. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Add it to the list. Add it to your list, Jacob. Yeah, man, maybe I should flesh <laughs> out some of these scripts I just pitched to you guys. Uh, okay, so the final, final tally, Yvette, you got eight right, and Sean, you got six of them right. So thanks for playing, guys. Good job, guys. Um, that was fun. That was fun. Um, yeah, and that I, was good. Again, it actually uh, made me kind of excited for Sundance. <laughs> well, yeah, you can check out our, our Sundance coverage. We'll have it leading up to uh, the, the festival, which, again, starts January 23rd. We'll have uh, a bunch of coverage of uh, varying things about Sundance up until then on KSL.com, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, that uh, does it for this week's episode. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you. Anytime, guys. Yeah, we're uh, the Popcorn Report is on Twitter at KSL Pop Reports. I'm on Twitter at JF. Klopfenstein. Uh, Yvette, you're also on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Evie Cruz. Sean, did you have a Twitter handle you want to plug? Uh, go ahead and give our sports Twitter handle a, a follow because I know you guys have a lot of listeners. KSL Com Sports. <laughs> You'll find all this stuff from me, Josh Furlong, uh, Ryan Miller, just plugging all those guys. Those other two, way more talented than me, but you'll also get <laughs> my stuff thrown in there as well. So. Sean covers BYU sports, uh, high school sports uh, here in Utah, and pretty much everything in between, uh, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, and feel free to reach out to us if you have any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'll be looking forward to The Rise of Skywalker next week. We'll hopefully do an episode uh, on that uh, and what you can expect from that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and until next time. <laughs>